never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Mark My Words. Today, my guest is going to help you live your life the way you want to, or at least they help people in general how to live the life they want to live. She's from not quite the Pacific Northwest. She's enjoying some interesting weather today here in April. She is the owner and founder at A Fulfilled Life Coaching. I have been browsing all over her website and her blog and She has some amazing advice, and a lot of her philosophy is right up my alley as far as, I guess, what I'm aspiring to do and aspiring to be myself, and her name is Mikkel Leslie. Welcome to Mark My Words, Mikkel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here, Mark. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. It is a big pleasure to have you here, and we're going to talk a bit about your career and your transitions, because looking through like your LinkedIn profile, I see that you've come a long way. You were in environmental engineering at one point. Yes, I was. I guess I shouldn't have second guess myself saying that with the backdrop you have. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just guess right off the bat that that's still something you're very passionate about today. Yeah. But somehow you wound up becoming a life coach. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about all of that today. And first things first, something that I usually like to just start off with unless we have pleasantries otherwise maybe that'll come later but environmental engineering so for me personally that is something that I now I don't know if you grew up being passionate about the environment and about like maybe biology and sciences maybe you can explain how that passion came about for you. Yeah. So it's funny when I was in high school, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do and it's taken me a while to actually figure out what it is and follow that path. That's for another story. For this story, it was my math teacher. He asked me what I wanted to do, what I want to major in college because he knew I was going to college. And I was like, uh, I guess I need to figure this out. Like I need to get this idea of this to figure out what program I'm going to go into. And so I thought, you know, I'm good at math. I'm good at chemistry, chemical engineering. Let's go and do it. 
Um, and as I got into it, the, the department was chemical, biological, and environmental engineering, all in one. And so I got to see some of the other curriculum that en environmental engineers had. And so that was appealing because as I went through it, I was like, eh, chemicals, a lot of process plants. It's a lot of paper mill plants, which I worked at for a little bit. It's all these bigger, um, more process oriented things. And I wanted to impact the environment on a larger scale. Um, I tried to help out with a sustainability center at my college and things like that to be able to have a larger impact on the environment and humans role within that too. And so I got into environmental engineering thinking that's what I would do. I wanted to get into renewable energy, solar, wind, and I did some biodiesel research and demonstrations there too. And I thought that was in line with what I was getting my degree in. But it turns out environmental engineering is a little different than what I thought and expected. So environmental engineering is treating the water and air, either at corporations and helping them work with regulations to meet those or on the government side and helping companies get regulated in the appropriate manner. So it's a little different than what I thought. And that's kind of led to some of my journey throughout my career because it's not quite what I thought it would be, but allowed me to be on the path that I am currently, which I'm so excited to be on and help people on a more direct level and combine the environment with it all too. So it's been amazing. Well, first of all, when I hear environmental engineering, that automatically sounds like that's above my intelligence so do you have to be like because obviously with me i'm not a math person unless mm -hmm. we're talking about sports i absolutely am terrible at math so mm -hmm. you gotta be good at math and you gotta be intelligent in a way that i am not correct Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I like how you bring that up about intelligence in different areas, because an engineer is going to be different intelligent than the rest of us in different ways. And so it's a lot of math. It's calculus, it's integral equations, it's all these different things that are a little different that you don't use otherwise. So it was interesting to learn those. And going through it, I wasn't the best at it, to be honest. I had a hard time with it. And so I just had to figure out what worked best for me, which was sitting down with these problems and beating my head against the wall until I finally got them and worked with them. Like working in groups helped a little bit, but in that process, the groups actually helped better and me explaining it and being able to demonstrate what was going on. So that's, I had to figure out how I worked in that level. And it was a challenge to get through school. I, I understood that I didn't exactly enjoy it because the actual school part, like the, the sit down and do the work part, because I did so many clubs and jobs and organizations and volunteer work to supplement what I wanted out of my college um, career. So it's interesting to see that and look back and realize like, oh, yeah, like that wasn't quite right, but I didn't know what was the right path for me at the time. And that was okay because it's led me here. So you said that, being an environmental engineer, your idea of it and the reality was different. What exactly was different about it? Yeah, um, I think this goes along with a lot of the jobs that we think of out in the world, too. We think of a nurse is going to be doing one thing or a doctor doing another, but being in that reality of it is different. That's kind of what I faced as I went into it and learned during my fourth year in college of what environmental engineers actually do. And the aha moment came when we went to a wastewater plant for the city and we saw the operators there and the manager and one old scraggly little man who was doing the engineering work. And I realized that that was the work that I would do if I continued on that path is I'd be working at a wastewater plant. I'd be working at a big processing plant, helping with controlling the air and the, the water waste that they were working with. 
And that was going to be my future. And when I saw that, I was like, oh no, like there's not that many jobs in it. This is going to be hard to get into. And the, the more that I got into it, it was, it was revealing in that aspect. Because the more I talked to people, the more they told me that I probably needed a graduate degree. And at that time I was done with school. There was no way I was going to take any more coursework. So for six months after I graduated, I was on a job hunt trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And it was a lot of talking with people and understanding what they did and having a better idea of what the industry looked like and how I could get into a position or another. And it was really cool to actually be there firsthand for a couple of different companies and see how the consulting worked for them in the environmental engineering route. So I went to one and they took me on a tour the whole, throughout the whole day of different sites that they worked on. So it was really cool to see that different aspect of it before I actually got into it. Um, what I actually ended up doing with that was a little different, but it was cool to see that and to have the experience of using the community that I knew to be able to help support where I was going with it. I can understand the reality versus the fantasy because mm-hmm. I went to school for broadcast production, television, all that stuff. And your vision of it, at least my vision of it before I really got deep into it and graduated and I think most people's perception is oh you go out there and you film stuff and you're around you know film crews and you're doing all this really neat exciting stuff which that is true that can be true but the reality is a lot of the jobs are like the jobs I've had where you're working in a dark room sometimes you're by yourself and you're just either spending hours and hours watching uh tv content for a channel like not even editing it or doing anything like that just watching it and evaluating it for technical uh i guess goodness or badness for lack of a better word at this point Mm -hmm. just technical quality And that's really the reality. There's a lot of people who have to sit behind a bunch of monitors while millions of people are at home watching a channel like, I don't know, let's just say Fit TV. I don't even know if that's a real channel anymore. But a channel that may not get like millions upon millions of viewers, but somebody has to sit there and make sure the quality is good and they're reporting those issues and they're watching closely and making sure everything is good. And that's a real job. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize. So I think I'm guessing once you learn the realities, you were like, okay, not really sure this is exactly what I had in mind. I mean, let me just follow this rambling with a question. Is what an environmental engineer does like a solitary job or is it a collaborative job or both? It's a little bit more solitary than I had imagined. So it's an engineering job. So a lot of time behind the desk on a computer, running equations, doing different things. And I worked at paper mill for a little bit, doing environmental and process engineering work for them. And so I helped to optimize the paper the paper machine and being able to produce more paper with less product. 
as well as what helped with the environmental emissions, air emissions, as water, and well as, as well as water too. And as I went through that, the solitary side of things, like I would be in um, the space, the past environment, all by myself for hours. And it drove me crazy because I am, it turns out I'm a little bit more social than I thought. I thought I was introverted my whole life, but being put into that little room, I was like, no, I can't. I need to put on music, I need to do something. And my favorite thing with that job was actually interacting with the operators. So I'd go to the operators and I would try to convince them to run the tests they wanted to run to help optimize the paper plans. And as I did that, it was just having a conversation with them and we created a relationship with that. And so that was really cool to be able to have that, to be able to connect on that level and just relate. And then at the end of it, be like, okay, so you want to run my test with this? <laughs> and they were so more, more apt to it than the other guys that just went in there and be like, run this test. No, that's not quite how you do it. You got to have a conversation there and relate. So it was fun to be able to just go in those offices and that be part of my job of trying to figure out how the best way for them to run the test that we wanted to. So that's really interesting what you said there as far as you thought you were introverted, but you learned through just life experience, like the light bulb just went off one day. You're like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm an extrovert, really? Mm-hmm. And I feel like something kind of similar happened to me and I'm still struggling to really decipher if I truly am an extrovert, uh, I can't even talk. If I truly am an extrovert or if I'm an introvert or if I'm like a mix, because mm-hmm. I thought for years, just maybe because of the journey I've traveled and the environments I've been putting, always just felt like I was a little more of an introvert. And that's why I chose to not be in front of the camera picking this career i chose to be behind it i was like you know maybe i'll write for a tv show or i'll write for something someday and that will be me performing Mm -hmm. um i always just thought that i belong behind the camera or behind the scenes but when i left my first like major corporate job i didn't necessarily leave it i was offered a buyout package. I wound up taking it. And that's how this part of my journey started. I started, I created a blog and I just have been spending the past five years finding myself. But one thing that I learned along the way, I started making video content on LinkedIn and meeting people who were encouraging me to do some of this stuff and to create a podcast. And as I've been going through this journey of having a podcast, you know, I've been really kind of like, maybe I am kind of an extrovert. Like I, I hate even saying it even now, but <laughs> I, I, I consider myself probably a mix of the two, but I, I do have extrovert in me and I didn't really know if that was ever the case in the past. So it's really interesting what we learn about ourselves as, we live our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's true too. And I think you brought up this, that introvert versus extrovert, but there is this gray area in between. And we lean to one side or the other, depending on our environments. For me, it's one-on-one conversations. One-on-one conversations I love, and I am such an extrovert with it. But get me into a group of 20 and we're all supposed to be talking at once. Like I have to work the room. I have to figure out how to get in there and, and be able to work with that. 
So I'm a little bit more introverted in that case. So it's interesting to see how each individually we are overall, but then also in different environments too. And it also is debated as um, in regards to the topic and the conversation that we're talking about. If we're talking about stress or motivation or goal setting, like I can talk all day about those things to, to anyone, but we talk about like engineering work and problem, like that type of problem solving again, like I don't wanna to touch that again. I don't wanna talk about it. So it depends on the topic, our environment, who we're around, all these different things that kind of lead us to be more introverted or extroverted. Well, good thing I'm not going to spend the whole time talking about environmental engineering for the sake of but just my own interest, I, I have found as I've been doing this podcast that I have a lot more fascination with how everybody kind of like grows and evolves and just where they started and how that changes or doesn't change. So pardon me for kind of getting into that. That, that comment type is fine. Going into the problems, like the calculations and all of that and the spreadsheets, that's where I'm like, eyes glaze over. I don't want to deal with that anymore. Oh, gosh, no. I, yeah, right? I'm actually kind of hoping you can teach me a thing or two. And <laughs> you don't want to do that, then we probably should not touch that topic at all. <laughs> but I do want to bounce off of one other thing you said. If this podcast involved like 10, 20 more people, I myself might be completely different. I might be a lot more quiet. And I've always found myself to be that way in groups. I'm great one-on-one, which is why this podcast does not have like a co-host. I'm hoping someday to branch out and maybe do stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. definitely for now, it's like one host is good. I'm good with just being me. And just mostly being one-on-one and that's just my personality. And I I know that somewhere in there we're just from some of the commonalities here. We're definitely kindred spirits in a lot of different ways, which is fantastic. That's why I love doing this is meeting people that I find these things in common with. So that's really cool for me. Yeah, be able to see those commonalities between different people that are coming on, especially on this one-on-one environment where you can dig into different topics and different ideas is awesome because you will be able to see what makes them tick and what makes them excited about different things. And you can see them get lit up about different things. So I can see that awesome. Well, one thing now that we established all that, I want to get into the stuff that you're a little more passionate about. Uh so I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile and pardon me for doing that, just kind of going through here. Yeah. It's like, I'm kind of curious about what exactly the light bulb went off for you to become a life coach. Cause you're, you just, it almost looks like you kept plugging away with stuff that was related to your your field of study for a while and then all of a sudden boom life coach (laughs) how did that how did that happen 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So you probably noticed that I worked in sales for an automation company for a while, worked at a robotic integrator, which is a little bit more in the realm of what I was doing. But I transitioned more to sales and marketing. Uh, and that kind of allowed me to have that personal interaction that I was talking about, which was amazing. Uh, but at one point, when I was working at the robotic integrator, we were looking at bank getting bought out. And in that process, um, where I was talking to my manager, um, the CEO of the company, because I work pretty closely with him, about what my role would be moving forward. And as I thought about that, I thought about the company and who we're going to be bought up by, I realized that that's not a company that I wanted to work with. That's not what I wanted my future to be. A lot of their equipment is in fast food companies and restaurants, and that's not me. Like I eat really healthily and, and enjoy different aspects that aren't related to that. And so I had to double check myself and be like, okay, like we're a small company now. And this is going to be changed a lot by getting bought out by a bigger company. And then realizing in that process that the stress and anxiety associated with working on a startup for so long and wondering if we were going to break down as a company and lose all our money, or if we're going to get bought out, that stress kind of pushed me into the edge of figuring out, okay, I need to do something, do something else. Like I can't stand this any longer. And so those two things led me to take a deeper look into what I wanted to do. And so from there, like I needed an easy out at that time because I was so stressed and anxious of the whole situation that I needed to figure out something that was a little easier transition to take to the next step that was a little more in line with what I wanted to do. So I was actually on the train on my way to work, plugging away on a, a resume. And I saw this application and I saw like, okay, this outdoor company, Hydropack. They, you know, wanted all the things that I had, sales, a desire to help with outdoors and all these different things. And I was like, it might be the right fit. It might not, but I have all the qualifications for it. So I sent it away, went in for a couple of interviews and got the job. But it turns out that's not quite what I wanted. I worked there for about nine months. And at that point, realized that the commute didn't allow me to live the life I wanted to. I was commuting 90 minutes back and forth each day. And that was a little bit too much for me to spend not in the mountains. And so that with that, I realized, okay, like I need to figure out something else. And I needed a reason to get out. I didn't quite know what it was at the time because of the commute and being there, like I didn't have enough time or energy or patience to be like, okay, what do I really want to do at the end of the day? So I, I thought I figured it out, uh, which was writing a book um, with, about women in the outdoors. I was like, oh yeah, this would be great. Like this is, these are my passions. This is what I'm excited about. And then my sister told me that I actually don't write. And I was like, oh, no, I had already quit my job and everything. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And so <laughs> for the next six months, I took some time to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I think oftentimes we don't take the time to figure that out. We have so many pressures on our lives from family, from the work that we're doing, to keeping up a household, to paying the bills. All these things take away from our own passions and desires. So it's amazing in those six months to figure that out, to take a couple of classes on what is life meaning and what do I wanna achieve and do and figure that out on a larger level. And for me, how I did that was I actually backpacked in California in different areas for four or five night trips at a time and got out by myself to allow that space and tranquility and observance to dive into what do I really enjoy? What do I really want in my life? And it turns out backpacking was that next step for me. So I worked at a wilderness therapy program where I backpacked with kids and worked on their therapy outdoors. And I got into that because I talked to someone or I found out two things that I really enjoyed and really liked. It was nature and helping others. 
And I told, talked to a couple of different people and told, someone told me about wilderness therapy. And I was like, oh, this, is, this is so close. This is like what I want to do, right? And so I, I went into it and worked with a lot of kids. Um, teenagers, 13 to 17, who had some issue or another. They were anxious or depressed or on autism spectrum or um, had um, issues with their parents or school or drug abuse and all these different things. It was amazing to be there and support them. And then that time I learned a lot about my emotions and what that meant. Emotions like anger, happiness, like those make sense, right? right? But then the whole skew of other ones that come into play and what actually causes and creates our emotions. And after a little bit of time there, I realized I want to help people that in similar that were going through similar situations that I was where I was at that startup and anxious and stressed and not sure how I was gonna get through the day and being able to help adults with what they were facing to be able to provide that assistance that I wasn't given at the time to show them that they can have a better life, that they don't have to be anxious and stressed or um, scared about different things in their life. They can show up and choose their future that they want and be able to step into that too. So everything you just said in the Pretty much that whole, uh, you know, that whole monologue that you just had there, and especially at the end, that is exactly what I feel this podcast here is about for me. Even though I still have a corporate job and I drive 70 miles one way into every day, get up at 3.30 in the morning, I'm still going through that grind, but through meeting people like you and all the others I've had on this show, I have learned, and even not even this show, but really the the root of what caused me to create this podcast were the people I was meeting on Twitter, all these bloggers and entrepreneurs who had the same revelations that you, uh, myself, and so many others have had, which is there's something better out there and there is a way to create the kind of life that you want. And even though I feel like I haven't quite gotten to where I want to be, I know it's there. I know it's possible. And I know by bringing people like you on the show, that not only gets me inspired, but hopefully it's inspiring others. And I really just, like, you're the perfect quintessential fit for this podcast because that's exactly, I want people who are like me or like maybe I was 10 years ago or just anybody who's just like, hey, I'm, I'm tired of what I'm doing. I feel boxed in by my career, my job, or whatever the case is, I want them to press play on an episode, and I want them to say, wow, that's really like, there, there could be another way, and that's exactly why, Mikkel, you are on this show today. Yes. I'm glad to be here too, because it is such a journey that a lot of us don't understand we have, especially in corporate America. You know, you go to school, you get a job, you go to your nine five or whatever it is, 
And like, that's your routine. And breaking from that can be hard sometimes to realize there's another way associated with it. And more and more as we go into the future, it's more of an option for more and more people. And once we can realize that as we step into our passions and what lights us up, that we can contribute on such a larger level and be able to make a bigger impact on the world. And it's amazing to see that and the people around me and the clients that I work with and, and everywhere. And you mentioned something else that I think is super important to realize is that there is getting to your end goal of what you want, of that aspiring life that you want to have. But there's also enjoying where you're at currently. Because we're always, as humans, we always want more. We want bigger and better things. We want to change things. We want to spend more time on the beach or the mountains or whatever it is for you. But allowing ourselves the time and energy and space to enjoy where we're at now, to enjoy the process of getting to the end result can come a long ways. Because we, we were fighting against the grind the whole time. That's not the life we want to live. But if we're enjoying that process of taking those small steps to learn and grow and stepping to that next step of your life each time you, you turn that wheel, it can be so much more enjoyable and you can enjoy your life so much more. And the end result is going to be so much better too at the end of the day. And see, this is another reason why I love doing this show and having people like you on the show. Because when I'm having a bad day, a bad week, I try to just think about, and it's hard to do. It's hard when you're going through a hard day or a hard week or whatever the hard time is, you try to think about, okay, enjoy this about the moment or that about the moment. And sometimes I find myself having those thoughts and I'm like, oh man, like how can I do this to myself? How can I like still find joy? But Mm -hmm. I think the fact that there are people out there putting that into my head in general even if I'm not completely enjoying some of the moments I'm in it's a good reminder and the repetition of it in my life hearing about it so much has at least helped me I know that much Mm -hmm. and I think gratitude can come a long ways with that to help you sometimes when I'm in a foul mood or getting clients on the phone they're like today was a really crappy day I'm not sure if we should do this I'm like, okay, let's just list like 10 things you're grateful for. And the more and more you see them like list those things, the more they relax and they let go of the pressure and the stress and everything and can be more present with what's going on and see some of those benefits associated with it. And a new activity that I brought up with my clients too is listing what what you're doing and what you're experiencing. Some of the things that you like, there's an activity that you do that you may or may not like. But then in that process, afterwards you do it, list all the things that you like and enjoy about that. And then list some things that you don't like and figure out which of those you can drop or change how you use it. So you can drop some of them potentially and figure out how you can outsource and not do them one way or another. But the other ones that you feel like you need to do, how can you change how you shape, how you view those, how you think about those? So it's actually possibly a benefit or it's at least neutral for yourself because how we think about things dictates how we feel about them. And so if we can change how we think about things, our world can be such a more beautiful place with it all. Well, let's talk about how you made your own world a more beautiful place. So you did something really awesome. You went backpacking, which I'd love to hear more about. But you, you found yourself and you discovered that this helping people was something you needed to be doing. 
And through that, did you say, okay, being a coach is the best way for me to do that? And just really, how how did you go about becoming a life coach? Did you study for it? Did you just proclaim it and say, I'm I'm a life coach? I have these yeah. great, like a great foundation. How did all of this evolve? Yeah. So actually before I started the wilderness therapy program, life coaching came up. But it was something that I was scared to do, or I didn't think I didn't have the skills or capability to do it. Like you need to be able to talk about your emotions and thoughts and, and goal setting and, and all these different types of stuff. And goal setting, like I had a lockdown, like I'm a type A personality by nature. So like that was totally fine. But the rest of it, I felt like I was missing something. And so the wilderness therapy actually provided that gap. And so when I was about to leave, like I realized like, oh, I have everything I need to be a life coach now. And this is probably what I want to do. And it's funny because oftentimes the most scary things that we want to do are often the one things that we should do the most because those push our limits and push us to the next level. That time was a little scary. And so I actually went to this dance event and sat down and another person came up to me. Turns out he was a life coach and he talked to me and he was like, what do you really want to do? And I was like, become a life coach. He's like, okay, just do it. Like you can, you can be it right now. Like just talk to someone, figure out how you can help them. And yeah, you can do it. And I was like, what? That's, that's all you have to do. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's, that's really all you have to do. From there, I went through a couple of, couple of training programs to build my confidence associated with it. I think more than anything else, training programs provide that confidence and that the feelings of legitimacy, but all those things we can actually build and develop by ourselves, which is kind of fun and interesting too. Um, but I went through this couple of training programs and allowed myself to gain some of those skills and realized that I can coach no matter the environment or if I was sick or not. One of the training programs, I was sick for the whole week, like miserably sick um, and showed up and went to work and coached people and they got good results with it. So it was really cool to see that change and shift everything. I continue to go through programs because of that, because the confidence and learning new skills and developing in different ways. So it's been fun to have that and be able to help people in different ways. So as a life coach and as a startup life coach, how do you develop a rapport and a reputation and how do you build yourself up to the point where you are where you are now and you don't need a corporate job or another income or anything like that how do you how do you establish yourself yeah establishing it is kind of fun in a way so um, a coach of mine she breaks it down in three different steps and this is really all you have to do as an entrepreneur as a life coach as anyone in that type of realm is meet people tell them what you do and make offers to help them and when I first heard that I was like no it can't be that easy like what what do you mean by that and the more I dove into it and more I showed up as a coach that I was able to help them and support them and believe in their future and what they could achieve, that's when things started to come together. So I do it with social media. I do it with events that I hold. I'm actually holding my first hiking event of the year, which I'm super excited about because I love being in person. And then also um, networking, just interacting with people similar to this. So we're just conversating about our lives, our experience, what their problems are, how their work is going, all these different things. And then showing up as a coach and believing that I'm a coach and I can help them, that's when people will start to reach out and say, I need to work with you. <laughs> like, I need help in these different areas. And it's amazing to see that actually work for what it is. Um, so it's been incredible to see that and believe in it and make it all happen too. 
And not only that, but I think you bring like a real positive energy and spirit. Like I'm sitting here now just running this podcast and interviewing you. And all I'm thinking as I'm thinking about you being a coach, I'm like, I would love for this person to coach me. They have like, you have such a good energy and perspective. It's almost like, you are doing exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that we think there's like this magic formula, this magic pill that we can take that's going to solve it all. But being that person of believing in yourself and believing in clients and believing in the work that you do, that is everything. And then once you're able to step into that, then everything else falls into place. And so it's incredible to do that. And the rapport and that connection with people, it's kind of funny because some people that don't know me or haven't um, interacted with me with, on a deeper level, and like ask me, like, how do you build rapport? And I'm like, I'm just myself. Like, that's, that's who I am. And how do I connect with people? And it's awesome that I have this personality. And this is, I want to help people in this way. And so I see their, their better self and what they can achieve in their life and believe in them before they can. And that shows up in how I talk to people. And so it's amazing to be able to provide that, that belief in them before they do and allow them to step into that if they're interested in it too. So when you were growing up and obviously we've talked about extrovert versus introvert, I'm going to pretty much guess that this was something you never envisioned yourself doing. No, never. I was a band geek in high school. So in middle school, so I played the trumpet, the trombone and the clarinet And that was me as I went through school. I was such an introvert and didn't know how to interact on a social environment in middle school and grade school and high school and and even in college for the first couple of years, I was unsure of how to converse and have conversations and connect with people. Um, But I learned those skills and it's been fun to realize like, first of all, you just have to be yourself as you're talking to people. I think we oftentimes put up this shield of what we need to look like and feel like and put on this fancy suit and all this, but that's not you. And that's not going to be where you're most comfortable and not be in that process, not be able to connect with people on that level either. And it's interesting that one of the common themes for you, be yourself, be yourself. And I almost feel like that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs wind up discovering is that the key to everything is, well, I I don't quite fit into this or to that, and I pursued this career or that career. The answer was right in front of my nose, which is just be yourself. And I feel like I, with this podcast and everything I've been trying to do, that's exactly what I discovered is the key for me it's not necessarily, not that I'm hard to work with, but it's not, you know, fitting into this niche or that niche. I feel like I'm at my happiest and feel my most fulfilled when I'm just giving everybody what I have to offer and showing that and just being me. Yeah, it's funny how we oftentimes detach from what we want or what we have enjoyed or what brings us happiness. We sometimes go into this nine to five job, we commute for hours on end. And in that process, like we start to deteriorate of who we are because we're not taking care of ourselves. And once we can come back to that, uh, tapping into taking care of ourselves first, and then uh, understanding what is our passions, what lights us up, 
And how can we step more and more into that to be able to contribute on a larger level? And people ask me like, don't you need to make money with it all? And I think you're finding in this process too, that as you step more and more into it, that you can find outlets to make money through different things. You might still need to work your nine to five job for a while, but as you develop the side route, there's so many different options to make money nowadays. And you can figure that out and talk to people and work with people to discover what that is. Yeah. And I, even as somebody who hasn't quite gotten there yet, that's something I'm keeping my own eye on and trying to build on. And I know it's there and I've seen it over and over with so many people like you. So that keeps me going. And believe me, I I get up at 3.30 in the morning, long commute both ways. I was tired coming into this. I was just dragging. I'm like, I need a nap. But as soon as you dial on, whoever you is, whether it's you, my guest yesterday, last week, like it totally transforms me. And it reminds me of why I'm doing it all. And we, we just need to keep our eye on that and continue striving, continue networking, and continue growing. Don't let it beat you down. Just keep working, which is exactly what you've been doing. Mm-hmm. And I think you bring up a good point. I'm tired. I'm tired feeling like you want to nap with it all. And that's just an emotion. And it's determined by how we think about the different things. I'm guessing you're probably thinking about your commute and how possibly you don't want to be at work or do those different things and how much pressure you have possibly coming home. But once you've gone into this, you were like, oh, I'm excited. I get to talk to people. I do get to do all these things. And so how we kind of see that and think about things can dictate if we're tired or not. And I found this within my own business too, that sometimes I'm tired and I don't want to do things. And I have to dig into why am I tired? What's going on? And oftentimes it's when I'm like super anxious about starting a new thing that I don't really want to do, that I know is going to like put me out there on a larger level. But I've learned that as I feel tired, I can tap into and understand why and be able to lean into that more and more. And the more we can help to understand what lights us up and what gets us excited, that tired feeling is probably going to decrease and decrease. We're just going to be more excited and energetic and confident as you go through things more and more. So I, I, have been looking at your site a lot and you have so much good material on here. We unfortunately don't have near enough time to cover it all, but you go into everything from beliefs, the goals, the health, the mindfulness, which is a topic I love, money, self-improvement, stress. What are these categories? Do you consider like the foundation of what you do as a coach? Yeah, so it's funny because how it, the base level is really our thoughts and beliefs because they dictate everything else in our life. If we can get control and understand how to shape and change our thoughts and beliefs, we can start to control procrastination and stress and goals and mindfulness and all these different things when we're able to dig deep into what do we believe both consciously and subconsciously with it and break that down and change it into what do we actually want to believe about these different topics? Is it confidence with public speaking and getting on a podcast like this and getting out there in a way? Like, How can I build confidence with that? And it's how we think about it. If you're thinking about like, oh, so many people are going to watch this. They're not going to like me. They're not going to like what I have to say. Then you're probably going to be anxious. You're not going to be confident. But if you change that to 
I know what I'm going to be talking about. I know that these people that are coming on to this podcast are excited and know these topics really well. And we're just going to connect. And you're probably going to be a lot more confident. So all these topics, the really root behind it is our beliefs and our mindset associated with it. So it's really cool to come in and help clients with any issue that they're facing and show them that this is the root. If you can master this, you can master your whole life. And showing them, presenting that and allowing them to understand that once we understand and can control our thoughts and shape them to what we want, then we can control our lives. So it's controlling their thoughts or that, that sounds really negative. I mean, you're not literally trying to control people's thoughts or you're trying to help them yeah. control their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you do that, how, how exactly do you help them to see how much control they have. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for bringing it up. That might be extrude a little bit negatively, but I see it as positive just because we can understand and shape what we think about, which then shapes how we feel and how we show up and the results we get in our life and our business and our jobs and our family and everything. So if we can control or change or shift how we view things, that's when we can start to change and shift those beliefs. But we first need to understand what we think. What do we believe currently? And once we get into a state of getting that down on paper or expressing it in some way or drawing it out or whatever best way it is for you, then we can start to see where starting ground is, see where those, those beliefs, those thoughts need to be shifted to actually get the results that you want to in your life. So if it is hating your job currently, then taking a look at that and seeing, you know, for your job, what are all the thoughts that come up? What makes you hate it? What are the different things associated with it that trigger you in some way and figuring out what all, all those are and breaking those down to figure out why is that an issue? Why is that a thought? And breaking it down as much as you can to understand possibly where it came from, but really what is that root belief that you think that always comes back to? And if you can shape that one belief, everything starts to shift and change and you're able to see things a lot differently. So if it is, you know, you break down, you know, I hate my job, I don't like it. I hate going into nine to five job all the time. I hate waking up so early. I'm not a morning person. I don't work the best in the morning. I'm always groggy. Like all these thoughts kind of bring down to this individual thing, which might be, you're just not a morning person. And this job is changing everything that is well suited to you. So if you can shift that initial thought of I'm not a morning person to I'm okay dealing with mornings and possibly then turning into, I love mornings potentially then you can start to enjoy your job more. And so it's, it's wonderful to be able to break these things down, to be able to show people, this is where this thought and how you're feeling right now and how you're showing up and how you're not getting promoted and all these different things is coming from. It's this one thought that you're not a morning person. If we can change this, we can change everything. So who are you helping? Are they prospective uh, entrepreneur types or actual prospective entrepreneurs? Are they people working in corporate America? Are they, are they coming to you? Are you finding them? How, how is this all uh, panning out for you? Like who's finding you? Who, who are your clients? Yeah. So I do a lot of networking just because I like to connect on level and have those one-on-one conversations with individuals. So it's a lot of entrepreneurs and salespeople. It's right now it's a lot of realtors, mortgage lenders, and a couple of people in the outdoor industry, which has been fun. Um, Cause that's what I'm passionate about. 
So I take my clients, um, do either phone calls or um, go on hikes with them. And so it's been awesome to be able to utilize that and be able to help them in an environment where they feel most comfortable with it. So it's a, it's a skew of different areas, but it's been fun to see that these different people have the same issues at the end of the day. It's relationships, it's enjoying their job, it's being stressed and anxious and overwhelmed and bringing that back to figure out what is that root issue for them and be able to show them that this is how we can work through it and this is how we're going to. And this life that you want is actually something that you can have. Like that belief and that future for them is amazing because this is the first time that some people have never been able to think about that experience or believe it for themselves that that life the one that they want where they're less stressed they're enjoying their time with their family where they're enjoying their job these are things that they can actually have and once they start to realize that they're ready to get down to business let's get this done but of course some of our fear comes into that uh, figuring out you know, like yes i can have this but really can i have that there's no way like i haven't had before so what's holding me back with it but then showing them that this is how we're going to do it. We're going to break down your beliefs, see what's holding you back, shift that, change it, step into the new you with it all. And from what I'm hearing, this is like the foundation of the whole title of your business, a fulfilled life. Mm-hmm. And is this what you had in mind when you titled your business this way? It's like, look, I want... I don't want to just help people to make a career change or a transition. I want them to feel fulfilled. I want them to get in touch with who they really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it did go back to that. So I had a conversation um, with a colleague and we talked about like, okay, what do you want your business to be? Like, what's your future vision for it all? And then I thought about it. I was like, oh, like, you know, helping people step into the life that they want to. And trying to figure out a name with that and put it all together is like, yes, a fulfilled life. Like we could all have this and showing it and presenting it in that way has been amazing. And having that as the background, the baseline and the name of my company of a fulfilled life coaching, like that is what I'm trying to help my clients with and do. And so it's amazing to have that baseline, that, that integral value with my company and being able to help people on that level. And it's amazing to see the transformations and see how people show up for themselves and get those aha moments. And, and some of them, I went on a hike with my client last week and he actually, some of the things I was trying to teach him and, and work with, he finally got as we were heading out of the hike, like it all clicked together with him. And I was like, yes, this is a concept that I was trying to teach you the whole time. This is amazing. You got it. And it's wonderful to see people will step into that and make these realizations, not for me when I'm trying to coach them and work with, but for themselves. And be able to see that this is how they can see their life, that they can enjoy their life now. And our journeys are a ping pong battle of back and forth and trying to figure out, okay, I like this, but I didn't like this. And this is how I go in this way. And be able to step more and more into what do we actually enjoy and come back to our roots of what makes us happy and fulfilled and enjoying our life. And it sounds to me like COVID hasn't really stopped you from doing in-person sessions it kind of almost sounds to me like a good percentage of them are in person yeah so half and half half online and half in person and it was interesting right when COVID hit that some people turned more online and it's transitioned to a little bit more 50 50. Utah has been a little bit less stringent on lockdown and everything so it's been nice to be able to provide that in-person support and do it in a safe way that allow people to get outside see people and go work through these things 
And as I worked with people through COVID, it, it, was initial, it was an interesting time for a lot of people, especially business owners and entrepreneurs and salespeople. And understanding that being locked in a room all day by yourself working on a computer is probably not best for your mental health. And finding the balance for individuals of their physical and mental health has been a conversation that I've had for a long time with people with COVID because if you are saving your physical health for deterioration of your mental health and your physical body is going to start to deteriorate, you're more susceptible to COVID, all these different things. So we have to balance our lives in different ways and realize that we're not just our physical being, but we're so much more our mental being. I couldn't agree more. And frankly, I think it would have been good for my mental health to have a month or two just in front of a computer, but I, I've been working on site through this entire pandemic, which is another story for another time. But I, I probably could have used a month or two at home, but I, I totally understand. I know this podcast is something I came up with before the pandemic, and I'm really glad that I started really doing it over the past year or so, because even though I have been getting out and working in an office every day, conversations like this, I think have been amazing for my mental health because I'm experiencing so many things and so many stressors and you name it. And to come home and have a conversation with somebody who has the perspective that you have, you know, you've got that great background. I also live in the mountains, so I, I totally understand. I love it. And yeah, just uh, that perspective and that energy just makes a world of difference because I can end the conversation, go on with my life, no matter who I'm talking to, and just have that positive energy and know that what I'm working towards is a good thing and every time I'm working towards it and doing an episode I'm getting just a little bit closer to where I want to be and that keeps me going mm-hmm. so true I think you mentioned a good point too that sometimes um, external things can help us spur our motivation our excitement our drive our energy for the rest of the day and figuring out what those things are for us can be huge so writing down the things that make you happy or that you enjoy and going to that list when you are sad or depressed or anxious or stressed and using those tools or things to be able to help you get out of that mood. It could be gratitude. It could be meditation or yoga or exercise and going on a walk, having these conversations, whatever it is for you and using that to be able to shift your energy, to shift your mindset, to get yourself in a better position, to be able to enjoy the rest of your day, but also get things done that you want to too. Well, speaking of getting things done, I'm curious to know what's next for a fulfilled, oh man, I feel like it's such a, a fulfilled life coaching. I, mm-hmm. I'm i like, oh man, don't say it wrong because I want to say like a life because you feel like a lot of times A and life just go together. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say a life fulfilled, yeah. a fulfilled life. What is next? for you and a fulfilled life coaching. Yes. So uh, a new exciting thing that I'm doing uh, in July is a retreat. 
three-day getaway in the mountains here in Utah, where we're going to be taking time for ourselves to be able to remove ourselves from the technology, the responsibilities, the chores that we have, and getting out to go camping for two nights, going on hikes, doing meditation, going, uh, doing yoga, and being able to come back and listen to ourselves on a deeper level of what gets us excited, what drives us, what provides us energy, and tap into that to be able to bring that back to what we're doing as we go home. And I just want to note, I only know this, I've never been to Utah, but I have done a few workouts on my uh, elliptical through the iFit coaching. They have like a whole series that takes place in Utah. And I gotta say, Utah is, it's gotta be one of the most beautiful places in the country, in the U.S. And that's without me even being there. So I encourage people just for the fact that you're awesome and Utah is a gorgeous state to consider this because I, you have me like all fired up and you know, just really, I love the positive energy you have and that what you're doing just sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Utah is a beautiful place and it is. I didn't know coming out here how beautiful it was and how much in a state you can have such drastically different environments. Because right here where I'm at in Salt Lake City area, you have the mountains and the canyons and, and all that. But if you go down to Southern Utah, you have Moab and the desert, the high desert and the, all the different national parks like Bryce Canyon and, and uh, Arches and all these Zion National Park, all these different places that are incredible and beautiful all in their own right. And it's all in one state. So it's been incredible to be here and be able to offer that connection with the environment, with the work that I do with people. And it's, this retreat, it's gonna be amazing. Cause the canyon that we're doing in it, it's, it's the drive itself is incredible. And so it's gonna be amazing to take people to that spot and go up and hike to a lake and have lunch there and just relax and have nature be our background for the conversations that we're having and that relaxation for them. Sounds like I said, that, that sounds really ideal and amazing. and. I wish you nothing but success with that. That just sounds so cool. Mm -hmm. Speaking of success, we're getting a little short on time here. How can people read your blog, find out more about the retreat, find out more about your services, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. Um, So my website is afulfilledlifecoaching.com. And on there, you're going to find the retreat. You're going to find my blog. You're also going to find a little bit more about myself and the topics that I help my clients with. And I invite you, if you are interested in learning more and figuring out what your future and your life could be like and starting to believe in that, schedule an exploration call because we're going to dive into that in that conversation to figure out what you want your life to be like and allow you to believe in that, step into it and show you what that path is going to be like. And then if you want to follow me on Facebook, that's mostly where I post it to social media. Uh, my uh, profile is Mikkel Leslie, and that's where I post most of my information. And you also post videos too, from what I saw, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love when people step out and actually post video content and take that plunge. I know it's not for everybody, but... Mm-hmm. Now knowing your story better, knowing how you thought you were an introvert, but you're an extrovert, I'm sure that kind of thing helps to uh, pretty much 
clarify and just tell you that, okay, I am definitely a little bit of an extrovert at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny too, because those videos that I do, I'm more apt to do them when I'm excited, when I'm energized. Like after this, I'm probably going to make some content because I'm super excited about the topics that we're talking about and allowing myself to utilize my inspirational moments to do that work and work through that. We can all learn from that to be able to create these moments where we can create inspiration in our lives and then use that to take the next step with what we're trying to do to get closer to our passion in our life that we want to and work with that too. Well, with all this energy and passion, do you have any parting words for the listeners? Yes. Um, Allow yourself some quiet time to tap into what it is that you want in your life. There's so many distractions and so many things that are going on in our world now more than ever with news and social media and everything. Allow some peace and quiet to be in nature or in a comfortable room or a chair. Allow some space in between things to allow you to dive into what do you really want and what lights you up and what gets you excited. Because the more that you can tap into that, the more you can find enjoyment with the little things in your day. There is nothing I like more sometimes than to just sit and be quiet. And especially when you have so much going on and you come home from work and you can feel all of that tension and, you know, noise in your head. Nothing I like more than just shutting everything off and just relaxing and being quiet. And I think that's amazing advice and an amazing note to end this episode on. Mikkel Leslie, a fulfilled life coaching. Thank you so much for taking an hour out of your day to talk to me and be on this show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for everything. And you definitely have me inspired and motivated. And that is definitely part of what this podcast is about, which is Mark My Words. So that is the end of this episode. I'll be back soon with a new one. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll be back soon. Bye.